Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you have chosen to click play on this podcast. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope today's talk encourages you. Hello and welcome to the Forge. We are so glad that you have joined us today. Uh, If you're in the room, we're sorry that we're not. Uh, If you're watching on Catch-Up or online, we're so glad to have you with us. My name's Ben. I'm on staff here at the Forge and I'm with... Steve. (laughs) I was going to build you up. I was going to give you a big intro. But just Steve. Yeah. Steve, Steve is uh, our great leader. <laughs> so, um, Steve, we're going to speak a little bit today because we're both not in the room, unfortunately, yes. about, well, we're going to continue our series, Summer Jams. And this is all about um, the Psalms that are in the Bible, which are songs and how they apply to our lives today. Over this summer, we've been looking at it. And this is the final week. It is. It is it the is. final week. Absolutely. And today we'll be looking at Psalm 51. It's 51. And... Um, <laughs> We're going to go into all that in a minute. Okay. Um, but first of all, um, why don't you tell us just a bit, a bit about what this psalm's all about? Yeah, sure. So um, David has written this psalm, and uh, there's a kind of a backstory to it. Is that that's David and Goliath? That David, is David and yeah, Goliath. Yeah. yeah. So um, often songs take on more meaning when you understand where they've come from. Yeah. Uh, and so you know when. Um, uh, Taylor Swift it says talks about you know a breakup you know that brings a whole load of more meaning to us doesn't it because yeah. you know the trauma that she's been through so yeah. well, oh, what, she's had such a hard life I know, Steve I know. and so what, <laughs> um, what this psalm has this psalm has a really clear backstory and um, David he was he'd been anointed king he'd been king for a while and um, it's recorded in 2 Samuel uh, 11 and 12 mm-hmm. where uh, David should have gone off to war. Normally in those days, it's a bit like the, um, uh, the, the battles that you get in Lord of the Rings and stuff where the king goes and leads it. Uh, and yeah. he decides he's not going to do that. He's not going to go to mm. battle. He's going to stay at home. And so he's got all the time in the world just to do nothing. And uh, so there's one afternoon that he goes up onto the roof of the palace and he looks out and he sees this most gorgeous woman called mm. Bathsheba um, having a bath. Bathsheba and in the bath. Yes, that's right. And so he is kind of more than fascinated by her. Overcome with <laughs> yes. emotions. Yes, and so, she, so, um, so he sends someone to find out who is this woman. And uh, the message creepy, comes it? back. It is. I guess that's like the equivalent of like just stalking someone on Facebook today. Yeah, like maybe Getting so. a bit bored at home and just like going to have a little look yeah. on Facebook and then someone... I mean, why was she having a bath that he could sit? Anyway, well, who knows? Yes, anyway. So the message comes back that um, yeah. she's Bathsheba. And, uh, and so he invites her round and they sleep together. But David's married? Dave, she's Dave, married. Yes, she's married. He's married. And, ah. uh, but he's king. So in a sense, he can do whatever he likes. Okay. So that's how he would view it. So um, anyway, she goes back and they pretend that nothing's happened. But then the message comes back to him that um, uh, she's fallen pregnant. And so then he's in this really difficult situation. What should he do? And so he decides that the best way to cover this up is to invite the husband, whose name is Uriah. He's out uh, at war. He's mm-hmm. on the front line in, uh, at war. And he sends uh, a message to Joab, his commanding officer, mm-hmm. saying, call um, Uriah back home again. And so Uriah is sent back home. And he's not sure what he's been invited back to, um, to Jerusalem It's always for. a bit worrying when you get a call from the boss saying, Absolutely. can yes. I see you? Yes. So comes back and... Uh, <laughs> 
uh, and David says, go on, you just have a couple of days um, uh, with your wife. And he thinks that yeah. if they sleep together, then uh, yeah, it will yeah, just yeah. look like the baby um, mm. uh, is as theirs. And so, um, uh, so the guy trundles off, but he doesn't go back home. Uh, because he's thinking so much of the battle and the people that is yeah. kind of fighting alongside, he just sleeps in the palace gateway. Uh, and when David hears that, he's really kind of frustrated mm. and angry. And, uh, and so he calls him in and says, come on, look, you've got this chance to spend time with you. And, <laughs> Please um, go. That's right. With my and, blessing. And, uh, and he says, I, I can't do that. So he gets him drunk. Uh, and he thinks, if I can get him drunk, then I can, you know, things will happen. En encourage. That's right. And uh, so once again... Um, Uriah refuses to go home, and uh, even though he's drunk, he just sleeps in the palace gate. And so Dave doesn't know what to do then. Oh, I bet he went, are you Uriah, mate? Oh, shut up. <laughs> so he then sends Uriah back I to the I better have got a laugh in the room, because I've been thinking about that. He sends Uriah back onto the front line, but he sends a message to Joab, the commanding officer, mm. to say, look, when you're at the kind of the, the heart, the heat of the battle, I want everyone to pull back apart from... You're right. Mm. And, uh, and whatever happens, mission. happens. Yeah. Uh, and so Joab follows the king's instructions and um, Uriah gets killed. And so suddenly there is this widow called Bathsheba who's expecting. Uh, and so David kindly takes her to oh. be his wife. What and a good guy David is. That's right. And so she comes to live in the palace. They, uh, palace. they get uh, married. <laughs> and palace. <laughs> And um, he thinks he's got away with it. Yeah. And for a number of months, David just carries on as if life is normal. He's mm. covered it up. No one knows. Apart from Joab, no one knows. And um, uh, after uh, several months, yeah. uh, a guy called Nathan, who's the prophet in that area, right. uh, the one who speaks on behalf of God into mm -hmm. the life of the country, um, Nathan asks to have um, uh, um, a hearing with the king. Mm -hmm. And so the king invites him in and, and Nathan tells him a story. And in the story, he says this, that there was a rich man and there was a poor man. And the rich man owned a flock of sheep. Uh, the poor man had one sheep, just one. And it was almost like a pet to them. So it would kind of live yeah. in the house and when they would eat, the, the, um, the sheep would eat and that kind of thing. Uh, and one day the rich man had uh, some visitors come and he thought, I need to feed them. But instead of using my flocks, I'm going to take the sheep of the poor man just down the road. And so he takes the sheep and he kills it and he feeds his guests this. And David, when he hears this story, whether he thought it was made up or whether he thought yeah. it was real, David is absolutely livid and furious. Mm. And he just says, I cannot believe that that man deserves to die. Yeah. And Nathan just comes out with those words when he says, but you're that man. Yeah. And all of a sudden... Bombshell. Bombshell, Penny absolutely. Drops. Yeah. And, and David finds himself in a place where he has been utterly humiliated. He is embarrassed. He is full of shame. And he could have just ordered Nathan's death. Mm. And then who else knows? Yeah. But he doesn't. And he becomes broken mm. by what he had done. And um, as a result of that, and as a result of what he said and what he did... Um, uh, he, he was able to restore his relationship with God. Uh, not without consequences, because there were consequences. Yeah. Um, that uh, there was division in the family. He lost the child. Uh, the child died. And, um, uh, and there was division in the family for the rest of his life. But he wrote a song 
Uh, and it's amazing because the, the people of Israel, this would have been one of their hymns that they would sing <laughs> mm. uh, and, and sing together. And it's this confession, this, this cry out to God saying, God, what have I done? I have blown it. God, I desperately, desperately need you. And so he writes this song. I'm sure there's like times in all of our lives where um, you hide something from others. You even hide it from God to a point where you start forgetting that it's a lie and you believe it for yourself. And then maybe someone comes into your life. You know, that doesn't even have to be a super spiritual moment. It can just be a friend that says, hey, do you know what? Uh, something's different about you or you're hiding. I don't know if you've ever experienced something like that. I think we all experience that. Mm. I think um, either it's our conscience uh, and we think we can push it down, we can push it down, but our conscience doesn't let us. And so it kind of has a hold of us. And so we just cannot find peace. Yeah. Um, Would you say that's like like the Holy Spirit guiding us? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think um, I think that's true. But I think um, a conscience is part of who we are as mm. humans. I think that's that's a gift that God has given to us mm. to be able to make yeah, wise yeah. choices. But and so so when we do something wrong and we don't confess it, um, either it kind of festers within us or we get found out. Yeah. Uh, and we try to cover up and we cover up, but then suddenly our cover up doesn't work anymore. Mm. Uh, and in David's case, uh, the cover up didn't work because uh, God must have given that message to Nathan. And I, I love like the way that Nathan approaches it as well. Yeah. I love that it's not like, I know what you've done. Yeah. I, it's like, how do you feel about like this situation? How, how does that make you feel? What, the, because, the approach of Nathan? Yeah, you mean? yeah. Oh, one. I love that he didn't go in there no. and say like, "What you've done is wrong." What you know, I know, I know what yeah. you've done. I know what you've been up to. Go and sort it out. He says, "How about this situation? Yeah, yeah. How, how 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 does that make you feel? What does that look like for you in your in uh, your frame think, of reference? Your yeah. your perspective of justice? How does it, oh that makes me feel so angry? That makes it, who could do such a thing? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was brilliant uh, because again, stories um, have emotion mm. um, uh, linked to them. And uh, I think uh, going in accusing, that immediately would have put David yeah. on the defence. Whereas actually he was drawn in. Mm. So there he is leaning in yeah, yeah. to then be saying, but that's you. Mm. In a sense, he's got nowhere to go. Yeah. He's got nowhere to go. And, and I think that's such, such a lesson for us in how we approach oh, our goodness. friends and people that we're accountable to. The courage. To. Yeah. It takes huge courage to, go to be to able the king. to... I know. Who could Who's have already his ordered life. the murder of someone I else I know. for knowing that information, yeah. or f- not even knowing, yeah. for potentially finding out that information. Absolutely. Like, so, so Nathan in this story is uh, an incredibly brave man and uh, an incredibly faithful man because actually it would have saved David from uh, even more disaster, really. Mm. So, um, yeah, so it's off the back of that. So what, yeah, that so what does the, star, the, the psalm actually go on to say then? Sure. So is this, this is written after the fact. Yeah. Do you know how soon, like, after the Nathan bombshell? No. No, no. Uh, but uh, but I, I think it feels raw the, though, doesn't absolutely it? Absolutely, it does. Yeah. So so David starts off by saying this. He says, Has, "Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stains of my sin, wash me clean from my guilt, purify me from my sin, for I recognise my rebellion. It haunts me day and night." That's it. Interesting. It haunts me day and night. And so even though he thinks he can cover it up from others, mm. there is something going on inside. A and conviction. I th- absolutely. And, and I think um, for many people, when we, 
when we don't address something that we've done wrong, that is what happens. Uh, it, it haunts us. It, it, it stays with us. We can't just drop it. It becomes heavier mm. and heavier uh, for us. But I love what David is, um, uh, is saying here because uh, he's asking for mercy. He's asking to have the stains of his sin blotted out. Mm. In other words, he is so embarrassed by this. Mm. He is so ashamed by it. Um, and it's going to be, in a sense, on show for the whole nation. Uh, and, and what he wants God to do is to be able to wipe it clean. Mm. And he says, have mercy on me. Uh, and, and what's great is he knows he doesn't deserve it. Mm. He knows. If, if you've done something wrong, if, when, when I've done something wrong, I always, it's not a case of trying to justify it. It's the case of what have I done? I don't deserve anything. That comes from his knowledge of who God is. That's, is. that's, that's how the psalm starts. It's it is. like, because I know who you are, God. Yeah. I can't let this lie. Absolutely. Because I know that you are so compassionate. Yep. You are so loving. It's because I of your unfailing yeah. love. So he knows something about mm. God. So before this, he's written, the Lord is my shepherd, I yeah. shall not want, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, uh, and so he says, have mercy on me. Why? Not because I've just been a bit naughty. Yeah. He says, uh, have mercy on me because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Mm. And so David had an understanding of who God was, which enabled him to come to God. Yeah. You know, I think one of the big things that um, uh, so many people struggle with is that they just live with guilt. Mm. Just live with guilt. And there is a God who is desperate, desperate, desperate yeah. for us to be able to come to him. And so David, in his, in his embarrassment and shame and brokenness, he just makes this brilliant decision to come to God about it. Because that's where redemption yeah. can be found. That's where forgiveness can be found. You have to um, uh, um, completely humble yourself before God, I guess. Yeah. And it's, that's hard it is. to get to. It is. But I think there's a depth of um, David's awareness of what he's done wrong. Yeah. Um, what's, what's really interesting, if you read through the whole of this song, mm. he doesn't mention sex once. That's one of the big sins. He doesn't mention, oh, actually, he, he mentions murder. He does mention about taking someone's life. Uh, but, but basically what he's doing is saying, there is something wrong inside yeah, yeah. of me that has caused this. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, he goes on to say, against you and you alone, I've sinned. I've done evil. I've done what is evil in your sight. You've been proved right in what you say. Your judgment against me is just. I was born a sinner. So straight away, he's identifying that, that actually the issue, uh, what, what he's done to Bathsheba, what he's done to Uriah was terrible. It was so wrong. Uh, and um, he has no way of being able to apologize to Uriah. Uriah has died. But, um, but what he recognizes that his sin is against God. God has mm. made it so clear to David how he should live. Yeah. And he has just totally gone against that. The emotion... The, um, the hormones, yeah, yeah. the whatever, becomes this deafening voice for David, which means that he does what he does. And if he could just stand back from that moment and say, where will this lead? Do you know what I mean? He, would, he wouldn't have done it. Yeah. But, but because of the emotion yeah. involved and, and how it, he was feeling and the, the draw. I mean, I'm not saying that we all would have done that. No. <laughs> but it's human, isn't it? It is. It's human, whether it's... I mean, I don't think anyone in our wonderful and beautiful mm. church would ever go with their binoculars to spy on someone having a bath. <laughs> but there might be cases no. where you do look at someone's <laughs> Facebook profile yeah, and I'm yeah, not saying yeah. that, you know, it's that bad. But it is a very human thing. Of like David's it. just, just a guy that yeah. with because a bit he of knows, power absolutely. complex. And because he knows in, in a sense that deep down that we all know that although we have been made in the image of God, mm. there is something wrong inside of us. 
that, that we, are, we are born with this bias mm. to, to, in a sense, going away from what God wants. Uh, and David is recognising that, which is why he says, I was born a sinner uh, from the moment my mother conceived me. Uh, yeah. that, that, you know, I was in a battle right from the start. So, yeah. Uh, which is what we all recognise, I think. Yeah, and I think it's interesting about how he feels his conviction as well, because I so often think... Um, and um, this is probably my opinion more, but I so often think that Christians feel it their duty to point out others' sin. Yeah. Whereas I think if we focus our attention on pointing people to Jesus, people will feel this conviction. People will feel this unrest in themselves, in their conscience. And actually, if we focus energy and attention on pointing people to a deeper relationship mm. with Jesus, not that Jesus is going to sit them down and tell them off, because yeah, yeah. that's not what happens yeah, yeah. To, to David here. It's just that as you grow closer and deeper in relationship and love with him, you find out what's right. You Absolutely. find out what you need to resolve. You find out what's sitting uneasy in, in, in yourself because his yoke is easy yeah. and his burden is light. So anything that isn't that yeah. is not from him. That's right. And that's why, um, again, because, of course, this all happened before Jesus. Mm. Um, um, uh, and David writes this and he says, creating me a clean heart, O God, um, that, that he's desperate, that he, he's recognised there is something wrong within that's made me go on and do all of this. Yeah. And, um, uh, and he's, you're right, I, I think the closer that we become to Jesus, the softer our heart is uh, and the more sensitive we are then to be able to deal with those things. Yeah. Um, I remember um, listening to a man um, uh, speaking once, uh, R.T. Kendall, his mm, name is, yeah. um, he was a, um, a pastor down in London. Uh, and he said that uh, one of our responsibilities as we grow in our faith is uh, to narrow the gap from when we do something wrong to confessing it. Yeah. And he says that the, that's what otherwise we grieve the Holy Spirit living within yeah. us. And so he, he wants us to be able to acknowledge it, to deal with it quickly. David had lived with this for mm. eight, nine months, whatever. And um, he, yeah, Must it, it, got, it had left a big stain. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, and so he goes on within this and he says, don't keep looking at my sins. Do you know, he's, he's hating this. Mm. But, but he's saying, this is me, God. I, I have failed. I have failed so badly. He says, don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. And then he goes on to say this. He says, don't banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Um, That's so interesting. You'd so think that was written after Jesus, no, wouldn't you? absolutely, absolutely. Don't banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Um, David had grown up with another king. King Saul. Uh, and in those days, God's Holy Spirit would come on people for a certain time and a specific role. And so for Saul, the first king of Israel to be um, ruling, uh, had been given the Holy Spirit. And David knew that the Holy Spirit had left Saul because of the bad decisions yeah. that Saul had made. And Saul wouldn't repent. Mm. And so David lives in this fear that God's going to go from me. Mm. And in fact, if you think about it, when people do something wrong, that is our fear, especially mm. for people who are followers of Jesus. So yeah. followers of Jesus, they think, God, you're going to give up on me. Mm. And so his, his cry mm. is one that, that all of us just experience. Yeah. God, I've blown this. I've done this one too many times. You're going to leave me now. 
I'm not good enough. You're, you're not going to accept me anymore. Uh, and so he lives with uh, this fear. But then he goes on to say this and he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. So he's talking about this change. Uh, there's this word that, um, that, that we use called repentance. Uh, and I always used to think that it was repentance is saying sorry, but it's not. Repentance is having a different mindset. Right. It, it, it's turning around. It, it's it's a completely new way of thinking and, mm. and, and living. Uh, and what he's saying, he's saying to turn and face or something. It, isn't that's it? right. So so to restore to me the joy of your salvation, he'd lost that. He'd lost the sense of joy of no. He was a, known as a man after God's own heart, yeah. but he'd lost this sense of joy. And um, uh, the times when when I have done stuff wrong, uh, and I have I have wallowed in it, or wallowed mm. in the oh I'm such a bad kind of, I tell you all joy goes. Yeah, there, there is, it's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, and so, and I've seen that in so many people. You can see the brokenness. You can see it's almost like people grieve. It is, it is that yeah, yeah. deep. Yeah. Uh, and it's like well, all joy, all happiness is just sucked from them. Yeah. And, um, uh, and David doesn't want to stay there. And no. we don't need to stay there. No. So he says, restore to me the joy of um, your salvation and make me willing to obey you. He says, there's another way I want to live now. I want a clean heart. I want a loyal spirit. I want to have joy and I want to obey you. And I just, mm. that's a, a miles and miles away from, yeah. I've done this and I'm hiding it. I've done yeah. this and I'm hiding it. Uh, and for any of us who are, are, are listening to this, if there is stuff which we have not dealt with, we, we are living in a place that we don't need to. We're living in a place of regret. We're living in a place of embarrassment, of shame, of guilt. And those are important to bring us to the point of finding yeah. freedom from that. Mm. Absolutely freedom from that. And so, there is no shame. There is no, con like, because when we talk about what God's response is yeah. to, yeah. I feel shame. Yeah. I feel condemned. Yeah. I feel unworthy. I feel, and Jesus says, hmm. There is no condemnation. Absolutely. Jesus yeah. says, I'm here. Yeah. You know, the story of the prodigal son where um, the, the son goes and spends yeah. all, his, all his inheritance and right. gets so far from the father. Yeah. And the father just welcomes him back with open arms, runs to him. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the theme that we see throughout Absolutely. the Bible. And that's my experience. Yeah. That's my experience. That every time I have come to God, I can live with the knowledge that it's true. Um, uh, because of um, two things, really. Mm. One, it's what I read over and over yeah. again as I read the Bible, as I read people's stories in the Bible of, of God's overwhelming forgiveness, his desire to see people come mm. back to be restored. Uh, and and I, I know that it's true because of what Jesus has done. Yeah, I just know it. And so... Um, what, what's, uh, what's interesting is that, of course... David is calling out for God's forgiveness before Jesus. Yeah. Um, and God forgives him, but he forgives him in the light of what's yeah. coming up. Yeah. Because he knows that um, uh, several years afterwards, and in fact, a, um, uh, a person from David's line was going to be coming, yeah. Jesus himself, uh, who was going to pay the price for what David did. Mm. 
Uh, and, uh, and so the cross, in a sense, the shadow goes both forwards and yeah. backwards. So it covers so, David's yeah. sin. It covers his murder. It covers the adultery. Uh, it covers the cover-up and the pretending. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and so there's the shadow that goes back that way and there's the shadow that comes mm. forward to us yeah. uh, and that his sin covers up the cheating that we've done, the, the lies that we've told, um, uh, the... Um, spying on girls in baths. Spying on girls in baths with binoculars. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, so it is quite incredible. So I'm sure that will have spoken... I'm sure people are thinking, yeah. oh, I've got that thing. Yeah. I've got that thing. I need to... What do I do with this? How do I turn to God how do I I've never even prayed a prayer before how how do I what do I do with this I feel like this is a thing and if you if you do feel like you might have a thing that means you've got a thing yeah that's Um, true (laughs) absolutely and all of us do yeah and how would you encourage people to take take this on take this forward well I think first um first of all um do what David did and that's come to God Mm. um there is a God who loves you a God who has done everything for you to uh, experience forgiveness and wholeness and cleansing again whatever you have done doesn't mean that you're disqualified honestly that is true you are not disqualified God's love reaches so deep and so far and so wide uh, and that love includes you so God hasn't given up on you so first of all turn to God Secondly, do what David did, and he owned his sin. He didn't try to cover it up. He didn't try to pretend that it wasn't happening. Um, he, uh, he was just, he was honest. And the, the sooner that you can be honest with God and to say, God, this is what I've done, and this is, I, I need you. Because of your love and because of your compassion, I need you to forgive me. I want you to wipe this clean. I want you to give me a fresh start and a new heart. And when we pray that prayer, God honors that every time. Honours it every time. Yeah. I know, like, it sounds so silly, um, but nothing will shock God. No, it doesn't. You, right. There is nothing that you have done which will shock no. him. Absolutely. So don't hold back yeah. in your confession. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think the more vulnerable you are, the more open you are, the more healing you'll find. And you're just going to lead us into our, into our next... Yeah, um, I just wanted to read some verses. Um, it was what we were picking up on that... Um, Uh, of what Jesus has done for us. It says this, For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows, and here it comes, that God was being fair when he held back and didn't punish those who sinned in past times. So that's David. That's what he's referring to there. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do at this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he made sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So what we have got um, uh, to do in order to get our lives put right with God is to look to Jesus, to trust in him. And Jesus, who gave his life, who, who, whose body was broken and his blood was shed for us, In other words, paying the price for what we've done wrong. Whenever we do something wrong, we owe someone. Uh, And basically what Jesus was saying is, I'll take take the the price. I'll take the debt. And and so we've got a chance uh, today to be able to remember that in a a very tangible and significant way. And so uh, the band are going to be leading us in a song. And while that's happening, bread and wine is going to be available for you to be able to to take. 
And Jesus, in a, just before he died, he had a meal with his disciples. And it was a very special meal. It was called the Passover meal. Uh, and during that, he took a piece of bread and he broke it. Uh, and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He was saying that my body was going to be put on a cross mm. for you so that you can know forgiveness, that you can know life, that you haven't got to live with guilt and you haven't got to live with regret. And then he took later on, there was um, uh, wine that was shared and he took the wine and he said, this, this wine represents my blood. It's the new covenant, the new agreement that I'm going to make. So just like David had to forgive and had to hope that God would forgive, you can know that you're forgiven because I have died for you. And so you take the bread, you take the wine as a reminder and as a way of saying, God, I confess my sin to you and I choose to trust you. I choose to obey you. And in doing that, we find forgiveness and wholeness and life. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so please check us out on social media at Forge Church and check out our website, forgechurch.com, where you can give financially, watch new content and see any details of events we have going on here at The Forge. See you next week.